0: You're listening to Trent Talk, your Halo by Halo guide to America's greatest treasure.
1: Atticus Ross.
0: Also Trent Reznor. And Rooney Mara.
1: And Karen O. And
0: Daniel Craig.
1: And uh, Rob Sheridan, why not?
0: And some rapey Swedish Nazis. Uh, well,
1: That's right, well. today we're going to be
0: talking about The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Soundtrack
1: Hashtag not all sweets
0: Scored by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross For David Fincher's 2011 US adaptation Of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo Based on the best-selling novel by Stieg Larsson Yep Um, So Since we're going to be discussing a movie We brought in one of our favorite movie discussion panelists Mm -hmm. Friend of the show, Jordan Scoot How you doing, Jordan? (laughs) I'm doing
2: good, I'm just scooting along How are you guys
1: doing?
0: Fantastic
1: Good, good, good. Sort
0: of glad to have this movie under my belt. It was uh, like the the first third of it was a real tough watch, but it gets so good.
2: I mean, it's pretty obvious that the the two main characters don't meet until seventy six minutes in. It's is that true? <laughs> seventy six <laughs> minutes. Seventy six minutes before the main characters meet. Each That's other. many minutes.
1: <laughs> That's a lot of minutes.
2: So if you if you felt a little you know slow in the beginning, there's a reason for that.
1: There actually was a point, probably like. At least a half hour in, where Shia was like, "This movie isn't even about the girl with the dragon tattoo."
0: <laughs> That's yeah, totally. Like they bring her in to like question her about her methods or whatever of data collection. She's like, she's like a, an operative. Yeah, is, is she like some kind of Swedish CIA equivalent?
1: She's just a autistic kid.
0: That's with okay. Some
1: hacking skills.
0: I I do love. Not just,
1: not just. I mean, like, mad love to uh, my autistic kids, but you know. All right, I I guess just
0: right off the top. Overall, good movie.
1: I liked it. I had already seen and read it before it was an American movie.
2: Yeah, it's it's kind of weird to see like the American remake of it. Yeah, and have a bunch of people affecting. Swedish accents Or real Or some real Swedish (laughs) people Just talking Like normal Uh, But I I thought It was super well done I've just been Waiting for five years For them to finish The trilogy Since there were Already three movies Before they even Started this one
0: Hey someone uh, Murdered my cousin (laughs) (laughs) Anyway
2: not so strong
1: I like how Some of the characters Were just like I'm British They won't know The difference Yeah like, come on. If your name, Daniel Craig, is Mikael, we know your ass is Swedish.
2: Yeah. I, in, in an interview, he was just like, I thought it was dumb to do an accent. <laughs> um, so I, I respect that choice so much, be though, because like, they're not
0: speaking Swedish. We're already right. breaking, like, the, the, our disbelief is being suspended so much already. Like, why bother doing, like, a, a bad Swedish accent that you're inevitably not going to nail? Especially, like, it'll drift throughout the film. You
1: know. i guess
2: and we don't need like a scene in the beginning where sean connery speaks really crappy russian <laughs> before it switches to english you know what i mean like we don't need that yeah was
0: that in from the russia hunt, with love or the no. hunt for red october because uh, everyone's russian the hunt you know, on for that red october.
2: on that uh submarine uh-huh. and in the beginning him and his like oh he's the russian subcommander yeah in that? and they're that? speaking russian and you're like
1: is that Russian with a Scottish accent?
2: Doge <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: amazing. Guys, what's, what's Sean Connery's... Babushka. What's Sean Connery's favorite time to go to Wimbledon?
2: What?
0: We all know, but go ahead.
1: Tannish. <laughs> I can't do the voice. Ten-ish. It's pretty good. Uh oh, You got it. So this fucking soundtrack is three hours long, and we're not doing that.
0: Right. So I guess we're going to focus on a discussion of the film with a couple of highlights from the soundtrack, especially Immigrant Song, which was... Like, oh, well, yeah, I love so much that Trent Reznor's soundtrack work is so often um, an excuse for him to do great covers.
2: Mm-hmm. What and
1: else? What other?
0: He did the Hall of the Mountain King, which I mean, is it's like a rendition.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, it's really interesting because this is is this right after Social Network? Mm-hmm. And and like the the soundtrack in Social Network is always there. Yeah, and you can feel it. That, it's a character. That yeah, that soundtrack takes you through just the movie. like Manhattan. So I think like the main reason you guys aren't focusing solely on the six three-hour soundtrack that came out is because this is like the opposite. Yeah, you know, like the the soundtrack is more ambient. It's not really a character. It's there to help some scenes, but it's not on all the time.
1: Yeah, and I thought about that pretty much right away too. I'm actually just gonna like start playing random songs in the background while we talk about this, and then. Cool. We'll get to the ones that are real good that we care about the most. Yeah, you're um, right.
0: and we mentioned in our discussion of social network, whenever the soundtrack wasn't present, it sort of like it, it you could feel it. Like yeah. it was a very Something noted, was it, was, missing. it was a very loud silence because and it amplified the performances of the actors. Um but here, yeah, it's it's like the the soundtrack was kind of peppered in at, at, at moments, and I think that it works for a mystery because yes. it's like mm-hmm. you never really know when like the fact that's gonna crack it all open is mm-hmm. gonna is gonna reveal itself.
2: I mean, the, the scene that really did it for me of like, oh, there's actually music again, is when he's doing some research at the house and kind of walking around, and she's at the old records for the company, mm-hmm. and. She's alone in there, but you're hearing random noises and maybe she's not alone. Yeah. And the music just swells up because at both moments, they're coming to a realization in different places, but we have the same soundtrack for both people. Yeah. And we're having the same emotions even though these characters are miles away from each other. And there's like like there are whole like 20-minute stretches where there's no music. Mm -hmm. Uh, so to so when it does come in it's super effective
1: we're all nodding oh
0: (laughs) I um I also just realized that Claire and I didn't introduce ourselves oh yeah I'm Shia Carey I'm
1: Claire Dickerson welcome to let's start the show um oh also I believe in the last episode Shia said something about Nulls, and I was like, it's not a Null, it's a soundtrack. It's a Null, so yeah, I think if you just don't at me, I know you're gonna, which is funny. Never mind, nobody follows me on Twitter.
0: <laughs> Honey. Honey. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the Social Network soundtrack was uh, codified into the Nine Inch Nails verse as Null 1, Yeah, um, and Girl with a Dragon Tattoo is Null 2 mm-hmm. for Tattoo.
1: Yeah, Um, that's exactly right. So I guess
0: we could, before we get into like in-depth discussion of the film, let's just really quickly lay out the big plot beats.
1: Do you also really want to quickly lay out any production notes or anything? Uh,
0: Sure. Um, So yeah, the original soundtrack, like we were saying, there's not that much music in the film. Um, I think there's about a half hour of music total, but um, that didn't stop Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross from releasing three CDs of (laughs) uh, about three hours of music. It's yeah. madness. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a lot of really great stuff. It basically plays like another ghost album. I have not listened to it all. Um, I was <laughs> and more, we're not I was going more, to
1: today either. I was
0: a little more excited to talk about a movie and not Trent Reznor. Forgive me. Well, <laughs> Trent, Trent he's,
1: Unforgivable. He's, got, he's got
0: a presence in this film. Ish. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Is like I was always rooting for, for Trent to like just sort of show up a little bit. And he does in the end credits. To Stanley, it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, just like a little cameo, you know, like they're fighting in like the in in like the train station, and then Trent Reznor just looks at the camera like what? Yeah,
2: I mean, he shows up in the form of a shirt.
1: Oh yeah, he. Oh my oh God! Yeah. Okay, yeah.
0: that's a very important note.
1: Yeah, that was funny too because I think so. Elizabeth opens the door, and there's some hacker dude, and he's wearing a shirt that just has the old Nin logo on the front. And at the same time, Shia and I were just like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> yeah. I'm watching this movie by myself and I was like,
1: oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Good stuff.
0: Um, also, what I liked is, um, I mean, the use of Nine Inch Nails. She's so, okay. Lizbeth, uh, the female protagonist portrayed by Rooney Mara in mm-hmm. this film, is, um, can I just say she is the, stereo- like the archetypal Resnorian hero who is, who is like a super talented keyboard bashing genius with ambiguous morals.
1: I always thought it was archetypal.
0: Archit- yeah.
1: It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. um,
0: but, uh, so, like, I just like that there's so much parallel between um, Mark Zuckerberg and Lisbeth.
1: Oh, right? so much, two, actually. Two
0: keyboard-bashing geniuses with questionable morals. And, and not no great, social skills. No social
1: skills. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I think that's the Resnorian hero. Um, Resnorian. Anyway, so she goes to visit a friend who is selling her some, like super cool hacker hardware to spy on a guy um Mm -hmm. and like i guess basically monitor his computer use remotely um Mm -hmm. and she comes in to buy the stuff and he's just this big uh, dumpy looking dude with like a nine-inch nails t-shirt and i just love that the nine-inch nails t-shirt is like short movie shorthand for like kind of gross kind (laughs) of cool nerdy guy Like More I, I appreciate also they didn't have just like a big mustard stain on there like yeah. they, they weren't overdoing it. it was, yeah,
2: someone who sits at the edge of like society, who is like doesn't really follow the rules, right? Like know? the guy, <laughs> the guy
0: who thinks he's in the Matrix, but yeah. not actually like yeah. the, the this, sexy cool people in the Matrix.
2: This scene mirrors that first scene in the Matrix so bad when the when they come the white to rabbit die. people, yeah, yeah, like, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah. All right. It's interesting.
1: Where? Right. So
0: there are two protagonists in this film
1: well let's do the oh
0: we're talking about production production. we're talking about production
1: let's get it out of the way
0: so it was interesting this soundtrack was for a 2011 movie at the same time that this movie came out trent and atticus were scooping up their oscar win for the social network so Mm -hmm. he was doing just so much scoring work which i believe was all at uh the studio in his home (laughs) score score Um sorry. Um so yeah this was a lot more clearly you know they weren't like, I don't know if the social network soundtrack was like awards bait but it seems like they they tried to communicate so much more in that soundtrack and this is just it's it's a mystery action film mm-hmm. so it's a, the music serves a lot less you know of a driving purpose it's more of like it it amplifies but it's not like yeah it doesn't drive the whole thing.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyhow
0: um so, uh, holy crap. There's so many tracks that they released. Mm-hmm. Um, doo-doo-doo, doo-doo-doo. Um, I would a, say too many. Right. So, there was a limited edition release um, with a high-def audio download, um, which we don't have. Uh, we I don't know. That, no. that's, that's really for the completionist. Yeah. I, I got to tell you.
1: I have the Spotify version, and that's good enough for me.
0: Um, so, the entire uh, soundtrack was composed... Er, performed, arranged, programmed, and produced by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, and Karen O contributed vocals on the Immigrant Song.
1: And then, technically, How to Destroy Angels uh, is credited for Is Your Love Strong Enough. Is that an original song, or is that a cover?
0: It sounds really poppy. I'm not sure. Yeah,
1: I'm just going to look it up, because...
0: (sighs) Uh, This (laughs) album was, once again, engineered by Blumpy. And the art direction was handled by, in the capable hands of Rob Sheridan.
1: There is a song.
0: And try as hard as you can to Google the Blumpy, the studio sound engineer, because I do not know who that man is, and he fascinates me.
1: Oh, it is a cover! I knew it just didn't sound like something they had written. Claire for the win. It's Brian Ferry. Who that is, I don't know.
2: Anyway,
0: okay. so there are two covers, and then cool. just a whole lot of scoring. Um, uh, what are we? Uh, what else is there to say? I don't. I don't know.
1: That's... If you're done, you're done. Just say you're done, and we'll move on.
0: Hang on, I'm going to see if there's maybe another weird credit. Are on the there album. accolades or anything? Uh, track names include: I can't take it anymore.
1: Don't read the whole track. There's over Blom- thirty of them.
0: <laughs> Hang on, Blomkvist travels to Hedestad. Blomkvist meets Heinrich.
2: They're literally just describing the scene yeah, in which this I love song this. is playing. Yeah.
0: Salander reports to Blomkvist, dead cat.
1: That made me sad. That was yeah. the
0: lowest part that of the was film. Rough.
1: Yeah. I didn't want to see that.
0: Uh, Plague, Trinity, and Wasp. Any idea at the significance of that?
2: That's probably the scene where they're showing all the flowers.
0: But What does that have to do with Plague, Trinity, or Wasp? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all wasps. Mm-hmm. What white Anglo-Saxon Protestants? Yeah.
1: Um, <clears throat> I've never heard that in my life. Okay. And heartbreak. So no accolades or anything. No, I
0: mean it was it pretty much just sort of came out, and it was it's for the Nine Inch Nails completionist.
1: That word right oh. there.
0: Here we go. Accolades. It was nominated. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. This actually did get a lot of nods from uh, <laughs> from smaller film critics associations. We got the Washington D.C. area Film Critics Association. Nominated for Best Score. Also nominated for Best Score and Best Music in Chicago, St. Louis, Central Ohio, uh, Hollywood Foreign Press Association, and the Orange British Academy Film Awards.
1: Well, Hollywood Foreign Press Association is global, or Golden oh, holy Globe crap. Awards. Whoa.
0: Yeah. Why would they? Okay.
1: And, okay. And they won. It was, it was
0: nominated for a Golden Globe. That's pretty dang good.
1: Yeah. And they won a Grammy for Best Film Score. And then a couple other awards for best scene opening credits and best film. Yeah, National
0: Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences. Sounds pretty whatever, but then it has in
2: parentheses Grammy Grammy Award.
1: Yeah, cool. Okay.
2: Rooney Mara was nominated for Best Actress.
1: Nice. She killed it. the Academy Awards? Fuck me.
0: I didn't realize this film was taken as seriously as it was.
1: Yeah, it was actually a pretty big deal.
0: I thought it was just kind of like, you know, another somewhat artistic action film yeah okay let's get into the movie itself yeah As someone who started adolescence listening to Led Zeppelin and ended my adolescence listening to Nine Inch Nails, this song is fucking incredible and I love it.
1: As somebody who never cared about Led Zeppelin, this was actually something where I was like, hmm, maybe they did make a really cool thing and I should take it more seriously. And I never really did, but...
0: Um, yeah, Led Zeppelin, uh, they're known for their fantasy metal soundtracks, or... Subject matter mm. that they sing about in, in their music, and yeah, this is—it's a song about Vikings on in longboats going to kick ass and take names around the world, um, which sort of fits in a few different ways because I mean it's a film in Sweden, mm-hmm. where the land of the ice and snow, which is yeah, which is the land, of, which is also <laughs> where where the Vikings absconded with their beautiful maidens and yeah. treasures.
1: Yeah, like
2: these these people are descended from Vikings.
1: Yeah, yeah, yep. Oh, so I know.
2: There's so many.
0: And then also, Thank yeah, you. like, um, it's got kind of this really intense punk-rocky feel to it, which uh, is, I mean, the girl with the dragon tattoo herself is, like, the most anti-establishment person. Mm-hmm. Although, I don't know, she kind of, she functions so well within the establishment, because she collaborates with the police, and then she brings down, like, an international finance ring later on. Isn't, I don't know. Yeah. She's She's kind of. Uh,
2: yeah, but she also does it by stealing all of their money. Yeah, true. Like she's, like yeah. She, she didn't turn them in. She stole their money so that way the character would be killed by his criminal. Yeah.
1: Which is the best. It was pretty great. Yeah.
0: <coughs> I have so. an interview here with Trent Reznor and Karen O oh from the Sun Scotland on December 9th, twenty eleven. Uh, we've made Zep more aggressive. <laughs> um, it was the perfect song for the movie, but it needed the right singer. Oh, wait,
1: hold on. This little...
0: This is quite good.
1: I've just been like... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was one of my favorite bands for me so too. long that like yep. hearing Karen O make those little noises gives me a rock-hard boner. Wowzers. Yeah.
0: I bet Robert Plant would not have <laughs> had the same effect
1: on you. He does... Oh, he does, no, no, no. He does not. He does a lot of the... Woof! Oh, Woo! I know. He also does a lot of like "Ah," stuff that I just don't. He does a lot of weird vocal stuff. Hey, little mama, make you move. Make you swim. Make you groove. Yeah. Um, So you have this interview.
0: So when director David Fincher decided to cover Led Zepp's immigrant song for his Hollywood remake of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, he knew only the yeah, yeah, yeah's Karen O would do it justice. So this wasn't Trent Reznor finding the right singer, this was David Fincher's work.
1: Yeah. Which, I mean, wow. well
0: done. Yeah, like, as, yeah. As a guy able to cast his perfect band for this song, they nailed it. Um, so Trent said, I thought, yeah, let's have a go at covering Led Zepp then. But let, this time, let's make it even more aggressive. Um, immigrant song is perfect. The ferocious number with its lyrics straight out of Norse mythology about Vikings setting sail to conquer new lands fits superbly as heroine Lisbeth Salander rides across Sweden on a motorbike. Uh, that's, that's a cool parallel. Longboat, motorbike, who knows? Uh-huh. Uh, trying to solve a decades-old murder. Yeah. But the choice of song was less obvious for Karen. I plead total ignorance to Led Zeppelin, she says, laughing on the, down the phone from her home in New York. I am totally in the dark about them. That was the reason I could muster up whatever it, ac- it took to actually cover that song. I don't have any reverence for the track as I didn't really know it. Mm. I think that actually shows because like yeah. she's not she's not really trying to emulate not Robert any, Plant yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. Like she really kind of makes it her own because it's yeah it's very much her voice. And I guess like she must have. I mean, she listened to the original track enough to get that Robert Plant does a lot of stuff with his mouth that isn't <laughs> that aren't words. Uh, but she yeah she makes it her own. I like yeah. it a lot. Um so she said she didn't even hear the name right when she was asked about the song. I thought they said the Pilgrim song and I was like, what the fuck is that?" <laughs> it's pretty embarrassing. Um it's an amazing version of the Robert Plant song Rocker, which features on the Legends 1970 Led Zeppelin 3 album. Mhm. Uh, there's a lot of analysis of the music itself. I'm yeah, I'm not super
1: into nah, it. We don't Did need you it. know
0: David Fincher directed The Curious Case of Benjamin Button? Yeah.
1: Yeah, he sure did. Many learnings. Yeah. I knew that going in because I was like, great, another fucking Brad Pitt movie.
0: Here's a little tidbit from Trent. The most interesting aspect of writing film scores is working under somebody. Sometimes being king of your own little empire is a bit tiring. So he sort of likes being uh Aww, sort of like yeah, writing for <laughs> someone else.
2: I mean, well. you you get to the point where you're just surrounded by people who won't tell you no yeah. anymore. So I can understand why And then like, you make he hesitation it- marks and yeah. then it's just like Yeah, what you start like. faltering even? in your own work. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, I think I think this seems super interesting because uh the David Finch, I, I forget who he t- talked about it to, but he's like I want to see uh, Elizabeth's like, what would her nightmare be after this movie? Like, yeah, after like that's why. In, in You're the talking scene, about the intro sequence, yeah, which looks this song like two over. people
0: made out of ink just fighting.
2: Well, no, I mean it's 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 them being punched. It's a bunch of hands coming over and ripping her face apart. Like there's there's I, if you watch that scene like literally right after watching the movie, you can see. The parallels. Like, yeah. This would be her nightmare remembering all of the different things that happened.
0: Super cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as as the movie progresses, it does. As, when it starts, we really think that David Craig is our protagonist, but yeah, yeah they're Craig. kind of they kind of pass it. Off, they pass the baton mm-hmm. at some point in the film. Because um, yeah, like we we get roughly equal time with the two heroes, but then like in the last act of the film, it's all Elizabeth, mm-hmm. and Daniel Craig is just chilling. Yeah. yeah, with yeah. a sandwich.
2: And through the rest of the trilogy that they haven't caught up to yet with David Fitcher's versions, uh, she really is the driving force throughout the whole trilogy. So this is kind of her... I wouldn't say like her Batman Begins because she's already kind of who she is. Yeah. But like this is when... She stops just being someone who does background checks for corporations and looks for dirt for, you know, anyone they're looking for and becomes someone who's like, I'm going to take a more active role. And that's what we see at the very end of the film. Yeah. is her being like, this person's going to get away, so I'm going to do something about it.
1: And she sure did. Yep.
0: Also, I do love that she is like an autistic hero.
1: Yeah. It's. Um, You go ahead. It's. Well, we can get into it. I was going to say, it's kind of sad the way. It kind of abruptly ends between them, but let's, because it's always that thing where it's like, oh, the weirdo finally gets the hot guy, but then at the end, like, the weirdo sees the hot guy holding hands with his boss or whatever, and she's just like, fuck your leather jacket, and yeah, rides off mistress. into the yeah.
0: I do want to talk about their, their journeys, because, I mean, this this film does a lot of things right. Um, in terms of it, you introduce your hero and you show that they're at a very low place in their lives, mm-hmm. um, and we do that we get that through Daniel Craig because like he's involved in a libel lawsuit that involves mm-hmm. with that results in him losing and having to pay many kronas, I don't know how many rupees that is, um, it's it's a lot. <laughs> so he's like financially ruined and his reputation as a journalist is like permanently damaged. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, Lisbeth is getting raped by her social worker. Yeah, they're uh, but neither of them are doing so hot. Yeah, especially Elizabeth, because that is the grisliest rape scene, uh, maybe most realistic rape scene.
2: I mean, uh, I, there's a bit of trivia. Yeah, like the scenes where she we see her bruised uh, at the uh, at the tattoo artist and uh, in the shower. Those are all real because yeah. of how intense the filming of the rape scene was. Like she's really that messed up from those handcuffs. Jesus. Yeah.
0: Um forgive me. Uh all right, so uh, let's <laughs> real quick. The introduction we get to Lisbeth is that she is like a special investigator for private corporations. Mm-hmm. Um and then she I guess comes home to someone who is not related to her but is like her caretaker, guardian person. Well, it's
1: her ward? So basically when you don't have a guardian, a legal guardian you guardian you have a ward which is just it's kind of like a social worker and it's somebody who like cares for your financials and like reports back to the courts to make sure that you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing but yeah so he has a stroke or a seizure I think a stroke and then she gets awarded a different person yeah and then um,
0: I think the uh, the guy uh named her in his will as like the inheritor of his estate or something and then this guy is preventing her from getting that, right?
1: I don't know. Yeah, I I mean, don't he know takes total thing. control
2: of her finances. Right.
0: There's this total I douche who has legal authority to yeah. mess with her life, and he does.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, so then she's appointed somebody else, and he rapes her, and then she records it, and then she basically goes back, and she's just... She rapes him back. She rapes him back. And then tattoos... Although there's much less
0: gratification, at least sexually, for her.
1: Well, I don't... Yeah. And then she tattoos I'm a Rapist Pig on his t- stomach and chest.
0: Also installs another one of those um, spy bots she has that monitors someone's internet use.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh. Really handy. Yeah. And um, also, like, I've seen a lot of movies with bad scenes in them and this is the only one that's ever made me feel like I was going to throw up.
2: Yeah, it feels... And they that's, really that's...
1: don't warn you. I mean, yeah. like, you know that he's gross. You know that he's... She's going to his apartment so he's going to be even grosser but I was just, like, not ready for it that. Was,
0: I think um, from, like, all the uh, the rape stories I've heard and read, uh, this seems, like, uncannily genuine uh, mm-hmm. because it's all the little details, you know? Because, like, Rapists are fucked up people, and they have really fucked up ways of looking at the world. But one of those one of those things is like they like sometimes they don't believe that they're actually raping. They think like, oh, she's just kinky and she's saying no to have fun. Yeah. And that's kind <sighs> of what this guy does to her is I mean he throws handcuffs on her because like oh she's just so kinky and she'd love this. And then right well, before the rape begins, he throws he's like,
1: handcuffs on her so he can rape her.
0: But I mean, I think he believes she's into it because he's like, hey, do you like anal sex? Yeah, I guess right, so. Right before the fucking happens. Um, it's real rough. It's very tough watching. And I think after she survives, gets back home, crawls into the shower, um, is she, like, crapping blood?
1: Well, she's just bleeding from her ass. It's okay, not that's, crapping blood. Well, that's it's what just I mean. Bleeding. That's,
0: yeah, I just want to make sure you saw that, too. I know,
1: but it <laughs> had is, to be so foul. <laughs> that is
0: such an intense detail.
1: It's very real. Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically, we kind of get to know her a little bit. She has this whole thing going on. We also get to know Daniel Craig's character, Mikael
0: Blomkvist,
1: Blom- 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 and he is basically facing a libel suit that was brought on by this guy, er- Hans-Erik Wernerström, and it turns out that Lisbeth helped Wernerström get like all the information mm. that, right?
2: Nope. What? So what happened was is uh he was he's been trying to take this guy down for a long time so he was looking for any reason to mm-hmm. and he finds out after the tr- after the trial that the guy who gave him the information to begin with worked for Werner Mhm. And Wernerstrom and like it was all a trap. Yeah. It was just well, that's so they what could I was get him court, but Lisbeth had nothing to do you with it. You are that. fake news.
1: I thought it did. Um
2: No, no, she found out what happened and like He ended up having to pay, like, $34,000. He had to clear out his savings to pay for the debts.
1: Yeah, because I thought it was a whole thing where he was like, they had to get onto my computer. How do they do that? And we already, like, established that, like, she is the person who knows how to do that. That's what I gathered.
2: No. I mean, yeah.
1: Any, well, so then let's I, see.
0: I, okay. My understanding, I didn't try too hard to get exactly blow by blow what was happening and like the, the many battles of subterfuge and espionage that were happening okay. in this film. But my reading of the, in the private corporation doing a background check on Blomkvist.
2: Oh yeah. Was that they
0: were just making sure he was the right man for the job so to try to solve this murder.
2: What you're referring to later in the film mm-hmm. is when he gets his background check and finds out that there's information in oh, there gotcha. yeah, that can yeah, only yeah, yeah, be yeah. found by hacking his computer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what he's referring to. And then he
0: hires her cuz she hacks very good.
1: Yeah. So let's
0: see. Well, he yeah, asked for an yeah,
2: assistant from uh, Heinrich's right. assistant and he's like, "Well, we already have somebody."
1: I'm just going through the Wikipedia cuz there's so many stories that overlap. So, after um, Excuse me. After Elizabeth um, kicks a dildo in the rapist butt and tattoos on his chest. She threatens to show the video to anybody if he doesn't grant her full control of her money or and, if anything yeah. happens to and, her. And, and
2: and to the point where like he needs to set it up so that way she will be granted complete autonomy. Yeah. And uh just needs to like, you know, find a psychologist to bribe and just to set it all up and that's the only way he'll be free. Mhm. And she was always planning to do that after the first time he did something untoward, uh, but uh, but uh, untoward, but criminal. But she didn't realize how sick he was, and that's why she did the tattoo and like did her revenge. She just thought it was going to be something that happened before. She was just
0: mm-hmm. showing up for a skeevy beach, yeah. But came with that camera. Ended <laughs> up, yeah, yeah. Um, um. So I like how I mean, so that it, it, I had to really think about like so the the intensity of that rape scene was like such that it really made me think, like, just, did the movie earn this? Like, was there really enough plot to justify this insane scene? I
1: mean, that scene is in the book and in the original right. movie. Yeah, I
0: mean, it would, it would be a disservice to the source material to leave it out completely. But, I mean, uh, but on reflection, I sort of, I see that it introduces us in a really efficient way to um, what's going on in Lisbeth's life. And that's that, you know, she's kind of a social misfit, doesn't yeah. totally fit in, and society takes advantage of her in a bunch of ways. But she also, like, is so many steps ahead of the system mm-hmm. and is able to sort of flip their whole, um, their whole uh, machination of control over mm-hmm. her and end up liberating herself through her persecution. Yeah. That's super intense.
2: And, and also it gives us the impetus and, and kind of the backstory needed for her to care about what happened to Harriet. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and it's also oh, yeah. it's also telling what the original book was called. It's not called the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, it's called the Men Who Hate Women. Yeah, like that's what the book is called. Oh no shit. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense when you think about it, the yeah, events of this movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, because she takes uh, a lot of satisfaction in her revenge against her social worker person, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, she gets. Brought on to the case of investigating disappeared women, in and this. the moment
2: she hears that they were like raped and killed, she's on board.
0: Right, yeah. mm-hmm. and I think actually uh, Daniel Craig's character Blomkvist uses that. Like he realizes, like, don't you want to help me get this guy? Mm-hmm. And yeah, she totally. But
2: does. I mean, and he also doesn't do it from like a bad place. Like he's got a daughter, and he, you know, he he's doing this. Okay, not because you he's don't need paid. a daughter to be a feminist. I know. Oh, stop. I know, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, that's how it's set up. Yeah, in film.
0: Yeah, that's true. There has to be some stakes. Mm-hmm. You can't just believe things. I mean,
2: he's also he's also financially being right. paid. He's going to get quadruple salary if he finds out what happens to her. And also, yeah, and, there and, and the there's fa-
0: so many little plot details because yeah. also um, Heinrich or the the had hired the inheritor of this gig- the, the Swedish railroad fortune. Mm-hmm. Um, it also has
2: information on a which is going to help him. Because he hired him back in the day. Like, he was his first right. job. So he's got information on him.
0: Yeah, there's so many weird little plot layers that, like, I, I could not care about. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I, knew, story, like, I knew they were happening, but I wasn't like... That's the thing. They would bring up the Wennerstrom files, and it'd be like, right, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that thing. Uh,
2: but I think, I think it does it to its credit, though, because it, it's the only way that uh, Blomkist would be, would be convinced to do it. It's mm-hmm. because his life was just ruined by something. And this guy has the evidence that this is not going to help him, but he'll take down this guy who ruined his life. And uh, But also at the end of the day, like spoilers, that information is bullshit anyway. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. And it's useless at the end.
0: Yeah, I do like how Lisbeth swoops in and saves the day completely at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, they pass the baton really late, but she comes in as the protagonist hard and fast.
1: Well, okay, let's, so let's talk about what happens in between... Shall we? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. So Mikael gets hired to look into a murder of his of this old man's niece. A
0: murder.
1: Um basically they live in like a, a little island city yeah, they're, in uh, northern Sweden. Like their
0: old money. They built the railroad their their ancestors built the railroad in Sweden. Yeah. So they are wealthy enough to live on like essentially a private island. Yeah. They're doing okay.
1: Yep, so they go up he goes up north to where these people live and stays on the island and basically the old old man is just like here's like all my family lives here. I think it's his niece, right? Mm-hmm. Like my niece was murdered and here's all the details about what happened that day. The only way she could have left was on this road where an accident occurred while she was being murdered. It's up to you to figure out what happened. Yeah, there's no
2: way she could have gotten off the island, and there's no way to find her on the island, because how can you dig up an entire island looking for her body? And he knows, because of the accident, Mm -hmm. and because none of the boats were gone, that it had to be someone on the island, and the only people on the island...
1: Are his family. Are his
2: family. And he knows that the killer is still around, because he keeps receiving these pressed oh, uh, yeah. flowers yeah, yeah. every Another year on her birthday. super
0: specific weird plot detail. Because yeah. she uh, gave
2: them to him when she was alive and they just keep showing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: he keeps receiving birthday gifts in the mail from who he assumes is his niece's murderer. Yeah. Just trying to drive him so, insane.
1: Yeah. Then how do, so then how do they come to the conclusion that a lot of other women were murdered?
2: Uh, they they don't really find that out until uh, Lisbeth starts Putting all the names into like a, a query mm-hmm. and it starts pulling up all of these unsolved right. murders. Okay, it yeah. was
0: a list of names and in Anna's diary. Yeah. Oh, and, that's right.
2: That's and the, right. And the, uh, they were names and then those were uh, quotations from the Bible. Yeah. And that's those right. murders matched those. those yeah. Um, those. So
1: then Elizabeth went in and she was like, here are the Bible verses that coincide with the specific way these women were murdered. And she
2: finds a bunch of other people that aren't even mentioned. Yeah. And,
1: and then so she goes off to the library, like the family's like personal Yeah. And this is after archives. Heinrich has
2: like a, uh, like a stroke or something and he's in a oh, hospital. Right. Yep. Yep. So they end up convincing his, uh, his assistant like, hey, we need access to all your records mm-hmm. because we... Th- we know that there are more women killed and we need to connect the dots to see who is in those places and if it's connected to the company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And then they and find... And then Elizabeth
0: is... Um, uh, so I like how in the whole film she basically doesn't uh, live by the same rules as other people. She basically lives off of like black coffee and like Pop-Tarts. Yeah. Uh, never sleeps and can just read everything. That's she, That's one of her autistic superpowers that I really like is <laughs> like... Um,
2: photographic movies Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: Lomkvist shows her a page of, of just lots of information. She looks at it for about three seconds. And he's like, don't you want to take this with you? She's like, I saw it. I
2: yeah, got, it. got it. And uh, and it's interesting, too, because he he's not, like, sitting at home doing nothing. He ends up tracking down a photographer who was having their uh, anniversary or honeymoon mm-hmm. there and, like, was at the parade and ends up finding the picture of...
1: Oh, yeah. Of so... While they're un- while they're solving these mysteries of the dead women, he's also working on um, trying to figure out what Harriet was up to, to just sort of like f- track her whereabouts and figure out her story. And um, as he's
2: talking to the rest of the family members, they are like, "Oh, I was here during this time. I was here yeah. during this time." And he starts really like realizing that people were lying here and there. Uh-huh. He starts. Just trying to find everybody's photographs Because the photographs will tell him who was where and when Yeah Because he realizes like that's the only way Those are the only things that are going to tell the truth
1: So he finds um, pictures of Harriet at a parade Where essentially she's watching And then all of a sudden she sees something Looks scared and leaves Leaves the parade yeah. So he's like I need to track down who took that p- picture yeah, he or, sees took someone pictures behind like her. next to her Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he sees the person in the photos next to her taking, taking a pictures picture across the street, yeah, like,
2: oh, that's the same angle, that's the same view, so yeah, while
0: he's I, I do like how um I don't know if this mirrors exactly what happens in the book, but like his investigation revolves around so much visual evidence, yeah um and so, yeah, there's so many things where it's like, well, would there really be this many photos taken of this thing? And it's, it's a, like, it's, it's a parade. parade. And yeah. it's like, all right, yeah. So it's that's an a,
2: annual parade.
0: I like how well constructed that whole basis is. That, like, yeah. you could really piece together in a pre-Facebook era, mm-hmm. you know, who's taking this photo. And, yeah, it's I like, I like how the way it worked out. Like, each... Clue leads him to another layer of the puzzle.
2: Yeah, and we have her. She's kind of like the new wave of investigative journalism. Yeah. Or not journalism, just investigation. Yeah. She's using technology and then pairing that technology with records. And he's kind of the old school version right. of like, I'm going to read records, but I'm going to find photography. And I'm going to use that to back myself up.
1: So while um, while she's there at the, at the archives looking into the family, like all of the women who are dead... And where they were murdered. She's also tracking that the fact that, like, Vanger... Is it Vanger Incorporated or Vanger the company? Um, Vanger, whatever, their little empire. She's tracking the different things that they were doing as a company in those cities. And she comes across... And she basically is determining that. So there's Harriet who's murdered. And then it's her parents' generation. And then it's their dad. Yeah. Their dad was in the same city... Yeah. All of these women That's were murdered. kind of like the head of the company while they were murdered. Yeah,
2: and he was he was in those cities around the time
1: of yeah. the murders. Yeah. So then she discovers the final one was after the dad was dead, but the Uncle Martin was there mm-hmm. and it's in the same city that Martin happened to be going to college, Uppsala, Yeah. Uppsala yeah. in the like same that.
2: like boarding school.
1: And then she discovers that the dead girl is also wearing, like, the same boarding school insignia on her shirt. And then he, like, Daniel Craig's character, Mikhail, also sees that in the picture. And then they're just like, like, oh, shit.
2: He goes to the Nazi uncle and, like, looks at a bunch of pictures that he took on that side of the island. Mm -hmm. And it shows Martin well before 4.30 when he said he arrived on the train. Yeah. Like, on the bridge helping out. And he's wearing that exact blazer.
1: Yep.
0: Holy crap. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you guys just investigated the fictitious investigation. Um, I the hearing all this detail and all and all like these really intricate ways that um, Daniel Craig's investigation and Lisbeth's investigation kind of like merge yeah. at a certain point. They come to the same realization right. at
2: the same time through totally different ways. And
0: this is totally a fictional thing on a fictional island about a fictional corporation about a fictional murder. Yeah, the island's and it's, probably and real. It, and it just made me think like. Jesus Christ! Stieg Larsson must just have a brain the size of like a pumpkin. Yeah, that's so many goddamn details.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, the thing about the Swedes is that there's a lot of consideration given at all times about the most minute things. Yeah. And, uh,
2: and he was also a little messed up. Like, there's a reason why all of his all of his books center around violence against women. Because yeah. He's, and, I
0: mean, and uh, this dowel needs to go into this hole. Okay. I mean,
2: <laughs> no. He witnessed his friends raping a woman. Oh, oh really? I'm sorry, and I didn't know. Uh, oh, his, my God. And his, so. his, his like, loyalty to his friends was too strong to get it to, for him to stop them. And he's seriously like, gone through counseling his whole life because he let this horrible thing happen. And it's why he, all of his books are centered around that
1: type of thing. Wow. Damn. Holy yeah. crap. That's some PTSD. Yeah, that's rough. Should have um, called
0: the IKEA support line. That's that's like the de facto government of Sweden, right? Okay. Enough, yeah, and enough then enough when jokes. you
1: and then when you call and then they answer the phone and they're just like it, right? Is that what no, is that um, where you're going?
0: I do like one little touch. So is is hi hi a really common greeting? Hey hey. Hi hi hey, hey hey. Yeah. Hey
1: hey, yeah. That's how you say hello and then hey-da is bye.
0: And I like um, how that sort of maps out Lisbeth's whole journey. Like she uh, she starts out the movie and she's in pretty uh, kind of a low place, but she has like a certain basis of you know yeah her uh, friend her foundation her, yeah, her, her guardian board, is her friend and she comes in and she's really comfortable with this person. She comes in and says hi hey hey, and he's di- like uh, stroking out dead yeah. on the floor. Yeah. Um, and then she never really achieves that level of balance in her life again until she sort of opens herself up and has like a romantic and relationship with uh, Daniel Craig. Mm. And she comes Michael in and says is his name hey hey and he's. Not there. So, like, both times she is, like, sort of becoming comfortable being who she is in, like, a a, a stable place in her life. It's totally undercut.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's when she realizes that he got to the same place she did and realized that, spoilers, Martin is the guy who's been carrying on his father's work. Yeah. And there's only one place he could have gone. And she actually sets up cameras during that scene that we all hate. Because someone kills the cat that they have. Oh, there. the
1: baby cat! So
2: she sets up cameras to be like, see if anyone's snooping around the house. Beheads the cat.
1: And so they determine that it had to have been Martin who killed Harriet, right? So she's at the archives. She comes racing back to the house to talk to Mikael about it. Mikael sneaks into Martin's house and like grabs one of his knives to be like, protect myself. Yeah. And then Martin pulls up, and he tries to sneak out, but then he falls down the hill, and Martin's like, Oh, why don't you come in for a drink? Yeah. Notices his knife is gone, because Swedes pay attention to detail. And then uh, a very weird scene.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's basically just the supervillain taunting the hero and sort of realizing that he's in, his, he's in his clutches, because he pulls a gun out of a drawer, which is where we all keep our guns. Um,
1: Can I just... I mean, is it, I wanna know, was it Fincher, was it Reznor? Who decided to put Enya?
2: That oh was my god, Orinoco I, Flow. I can tell you exactly what happened there. Okay. Oh, please. So so they're they're filming that scene. Hang on, hang on.
0: There is a torture scene yeah, in a basement okay. where yeah. where Enya is being played yeah. Orinoco Flow, nineteen eighty eight.
2: So, so they're 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 about to film that scene and they're like, Well, we haven't picked a song yet. Uh-huh. So uh Daniel Craig like has his little iPod there <laughs> and he pulls out and he hits just, like, play, and you have to, just a shuffle, and it's the first song that comes on, and everybody in the room laughs, and then, like, an hour later, they've, like, filmed the scene a couple times, and they're like, you know, actually, that would be really, it's, it'd be really weird. It's the
0: most bone-chilling use of Enya, I think of it. Can we, I, get, it can we get Orinoco so flow? It was Oh,
1: good. Can yeah, yeah get some hold on, Orinoco let me. Flow? Let me just... So,
0: you've been lured into a serial murderer's basement, where he has you trust into, like, a a murder harness yeah Yeah. and he for some reason keeps insisting that you take your glass of scotch
2: well i love i love what he says there because he he makes a comment about people but also kind of about like the swedish culture where Uh he's like why do people ignore their natural instincts yeah you knew something was wrong and he says they always know something is wrong yeah but you were more afraid to offend me Then for your own
1: safety. Yeah. All I had to do was offer you a drink. Basically, he's strapped in this thing where it's like a neck brace and then it's like up around his arms, like harnessing him up. His
2: his hands are handcuffed to like like a belt.
1: Yeah. And then Stalin Skarsgård turns on this beautiful little number.
0: This is his murder anthem.
1: And he's trying to have a conversation. while this. Yeah. Evening.
0: Please take your drink. Yeah. You know, I've never had a man in this thing before.
2: And he, he says...
0: I like, thought for sure... We were oh gonna, I thought we were going to get a little Daniel Craig Wiener, but yeah. it didn't happen.
1: I was so, so uncomfortable by that. Yeah. When he... Because he's just... He's Cause struggling he's still, Yeah, like...
0: Because like ugh. gay panic is almost as strong a force as uh, serial murder.
1: Um... Well, I mean,
2: because he's he's like raped and brutalized every woman he's killed, so mm. it's like this is it's like what am like I a new experience for this serial killer of having a yeah. different oh, gender? Oh, well. he's growing
0: up. Yeah.
1: But then Elizabeth <laughs> comes with the golf club. I don't know. He's got that bag
2: on his head for a long time. The yeah, script originally that's what called I was the script originally called for like cellophane but it was like too awkward it was cellophane for that scene because of the ropes yeah so instead they just went to like a local convenience store and got a bag
1: i was thinking about that because i i'm pretty sure they use cellophane yeah, in the swedish version yeah. and i was like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um so so martin has a knife and he's like tracing it around Mikhail's stomach. Well, he's, he's using the panicking. hand technique
2: to find the heart, like, exactly where he needs to go through the ribs. Mm-hmm.
1: And then he gets a one-two check in the fucking head by, by Lisbeth. By like, a
2: seven iron. No, okay.
0: So, this is an important plot turn here. Like, Lisbeth comes to the rescue after solving the final piece of the puzzle and, and sh- realizing she's lucky that, that she
2: leaves when the guard's not there, because the guard... Has been told by Martin to call when oh, she that's leaves, right. so that way uh, he can go down and meet her at the cabin. Yeah, but she leaves when no one's at the desk.
1: Good detail.
0: So she solves that last piece of the puzzle perfectly, and then shows up. With a golf club, I think it's it's an iron. Yeah, it's an iron. Iron. Nine iron. It's,
2: it's, yeah, it's one of those. But it's it's funny because he's know. like he's coming into the house with his golf clubs. Yeah. So he's like set them by the door, then she uses. Oh, it against I it. totally yeah. missed that. Part. Yeah, that's I why he wait, comes back home.
1: I, I thought he was coming into the house with a rifle. Bag. No.
0: I thought he was like hunting.
2: No, it was the golf clubs. He was hitting the
0: links. That's why yeah. they
2: were out there.
1: So then. In she the hits coldest a... winter in
2: twenty Okay, so she she.
0: She doesn't just nail him in the face with oh, a golf club. Man, she, she says, "She says, 'Hey!'" And he turns all the way around to look <laughs> at her, like, "I want you to know it's me doing yep. this." Yeah. Yep. And then just wham hits him <laughs> with like hits him with the nine iron. And I, I really appreciate like how it's gory. It's right? fucking gross, it's dude. Like, the injury is like kind of medically accurate because like his whole face is just messed yeah. up.
2: It's open from impact, and then his jaws kind of moved over a little bit. It's rough.
0: Yeah, he's, he's mm-hmm. not making words anymore. Um, yeah. So, I mean, she nails him in the face. How does
2: he escape? Well, I mean, she Wait. stops for a second to rip the the bag off of Mikhail. Mikhail's head. Yeah. Again, so and much detail. She, he, she runs out and he says, There's a gun on the TV. She grabs a gun and then she comes back and says, Can I kill him? May I, yeah, may, oh, I, yeah, kill may him. I kill him? him? Yeah. And he says, Yep.
0: And I think that's that's an important point because um, the whole narrative thus far has been Lisbeth is an anti-hero and has questionable morals um, and sort of doesn't get social rules. Um, and then also uh, Daniel Craig, I didn't talk about this earlier, but I kind of wanted to, is he's, he's a guy with a good moral conscience, but he sort of lacks conviction. Like he knows Winterstrom yeah. is a piece of shit. But he he gets got by the law mm-hmm. and just sort of accepts the consequences because again he's a man of good moral standing, but lacks conviction. So in that moment when she says, "May I kill him?" That's her like sort of like beginning to have some sort of rule over her life, like having some sort of like policy over whether or not killing people is okay, um,
2: and kind of using him as that like to compare her behavior against. So of like, yeah. he says it's okay. Then it's okay for me to do this. So, yeah, it's her asking
0: is like the crux of her character growth. And then him saying yes is like the crux of his character growth. Oh, my God. Right? Pretty good.
1: So then she chases him or she tries to find him through the house. I'm talking about Martin now. And she sees that he gets in his car and drives off. Yeah,
0: he like vanishes and then he's driving away.
1: So she gets on her motorbike and she chases him down the hill. And then she finds him kind of in the town
2: well, he he gets across the bridge, but then because of how icy it is, mm-hmm. he hits like the the side of the like embankment, and his car flips from hitting that wall, and he slides right into the little like convenience store that's right there. That's got yeah. a uh, like a propane big gas thing, and slides right into that.
1: And then she like walks up. She walks up. She like With does the a sick slide on her bike. Gets up. Walks. Yeah up to the car with a gun.
2: Because her coming up next to his car is what made him swerve in the first place.
1: Yeah. And then...
0: Uh, One of those annoying things in movies where heroes insist on cocking an automatic handgun. (laughs) Semi-automatic. It's like, what are you... I get it. It's cool to do... Did she, did she do... cock it when okay, um, she got off the bike? Skarsgård cocked it and said, why don't you come down to the basement? Um, and then she cocked it when she got off the bike.
2: See, to me, whenever I So we I got see, two
0: cocks and no shoot.
2: Whenever I see someone do that, I always feel like it's someone checking to make sure there's a bullet in the barrel. Yeah. I mean, the
1: hammer because has nothing to
2: do with that. I don't... I, he didn't... Don't she, know. Pulled okay. she pulled back slide, the...
1: Hammer. Not the slide. Not
0: the slide. It's the hammer. She sh- cocks the hammer hammer, not the slime.
1: Whatever. It doesn't matter. Who cares? We she does a thing with the fucking gun with both her hands and then she's pointing it at the vehicle and then he and explodes. she wants to kill him and it, she's just like, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it and then the car explodes and then she doesn't do anything. And again,
0: it was, it, was yeah. like, it was like a follow up to that moment where like, she says, hey, look at me. I'm going to hit you in the face with a golf club. She's walking up very slowly and deliberately like, hey, I'm going to shoot you and kill you now. Um, and j- there's the that, there's that total look. Of, it's the slide. She pulled back me. the slide to so
2: make sure there's a gun in the barrel, a or a bullet, bullet in the gun okay. barrel. The yeah. gun. Gonna let that one slide. Whatever. Um, Just like so the
1: bullet slid into the barrel. Uh, I don't know.
2: I don't care. Well, anyway. yeah. The, the whatever.
1: Wait, wait. Uh, hold, whatever.
0: hold on. Hold on. Can we turn up the the music right now? I feel like Trent Reznor could have scored Westworld.
1: I think anybody could have scored Westworld.
0: Okay.
1: it just took.
2: I mean, it was music, beautiful, but uh, it was just
1: like we're gonna play any old thing on whatever that instrument, because it's not
0: the melodium.
1: Sure. Um,
2: yeah, they were just no wait, they uh, were just like millennium hits.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, Black Hole Sun.
1: Yeah, good show. Uh, Radiohead, so Radiohead, 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 So Radiohead. then he explodes and he's done, and then she. Goes back. I mean, I don't really know where it goes from it there. It jumps. Yeah, it jumps
2: from there to him, like in bed with all these bruises and stuff, and them talking.
1: Oh yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. Oh right. Um, we didn't mention that Elizabeth and Daniel Craig become entangled. His name is physically. Mikael. Mikael. Elizabeth and Mikael <laughs> become an item. And uh, that's after he almost gets shot in the woods and then she nurses him back to health. So it's kind of an old school Hollywood trope of like, oh, I'm going to care for you. And then suddenly I have feelings for you.
1: Also, like in the Swedish version, they do have sex, but that's it's just like one and done and they don't have feelings for each other. Anymore, so I was just like, that's, of that's course, a, like
2: yeah, the American version. She's gonna has... fuck
1: James Bond, and then he's gonna be like, oh, we feel for each other, even yeah. though we're completely different. Well, mm. that's
0: that's not totally what happened because, like, that's there's a major two major twists um, in the aftermath. So the the climax, uh, they confront the killer. She rescues Daniel Craig, and Mikael, and he blows up. And uh, then, oh, right, major plot point here. They find the girl who was originally like the one
2: they were investigating. Yeah, so they, who they find... assumed was dead. So well, they they realize she's not dead because Martin admits to all of his murders. Yeah, except when, and but wait, he asks where Harriet is and is just pissed off that that Mikhail doesn't know. Yo, fucking so, useless. He's so he's just like, yeah, he so freaks out. They realize like, well, Godfrey couldn't have done it because mm-hmm. Godfrey died he was a, dead. Uh, a year earlier. Martin couldn't have done it because, you know, he would have just said he had done it. Yeah. He was already bragging. So what happened to her? And that puts them on like a totally different line of investigation.
1: Yeah. So basically what happens is they think that um, their aunt, her aunt Anita or her cousin Anita knows where she is or would be or what happened because basically the day that Harriet went missing... She tried to tell her uncle something, mm-hmm. and then her uncle kind of saw her go upstairs with Anita, and yep. then that was the last they ever saw and, her.
2: And there's a picture from her bedroom, and he realizes that it's not Harriet, because uh-huh. Harriet has short hair back then. It's long hair, which is what Anita had.
1: Ooh. So
2: he's like, she's in her bedroom at the time where no one ever saw her again. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: I really appreciate that everyone who takes a photo in this film both uh, can take it in perfect focus, and then also develop it perfectly, and then also store it perfectly for fifty years.
2: Well, I mean, honeymoon newspaper. Peru. I know. I'm
0: being. I'm just being a Nazi
2: also, Nazi guy who took pictures of a bunch of other Nazis. Like these are all people who have reasons to keep photos.
1: Yeah, and some of them was blurry. The picture that of Martin, where they find him at like the camp or whatever, where he's there before he should be there. like That's blurry as fuck.
2: There's a balloon in front of his face. There's one where his head is turning. Yeah. So the only reason they know it's him is because of his blazer. Yeah, uh, The one with Anita, <laughs> the only reason they know it's her is because the hair matches up. They can't see her face. I, I
0: agree. that It does heighten the drama when the photos are imperfect. Because yep. if it was just a photo of him holding a sign saying, I kill ladies,
2: yeah. it yeah. would not be as interesting.
1: So basically they find, quote, Anita. And they're talking to her. And they're like, hey, you're... Your cousin is dead, or whatever, yeah. and then she doesn't react, and they ended up like putting yeah. a, she a goes bug on her phone and play solitaire, yeah.
2: and, cause and they're like, "Why would she?" I think act what they that
1: expected, way? I think what they expected her to do it was to call, was call Harriet, Harriet. Yep. and tell her, "Oh, by the way, Martin's dead." Mm-hmm. But she didn't call anybody, so yeah, they and she were like, also
2: acted really like just didn't care." Yeah, and she's the funny thing is, is like when Heinrich goes into the hospital, she's at the hospital with the rest of her family. Yeah. Like so she she's, she's been in the movie the whole
1: time. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh yeah, so p- important note that Martin and Harriet are brother and sister. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So Martin yes. and Harriet are brother and sister. And
0: what, so they confront her and say we know you're Elizabeth or we know you're sorry. We know you're Harriet. Harriet. Harriet, yeah. Harriet the spy.
2: Because he she he walks in and goes Harriet spied, he takes like. down his scarf and goes your brother hung me in his basement and almost cut me open.
1: Yeah, and and then she's like, Okay, fine, I'm Harriet. Yeah. Also um,
0: my uh my dad is a psychopath was a psychopath. Yeah, tells why she left. Abused yeah. me for my entire life and then I killed him by hitting him in the head with an oar.
2: While he was drunk.
1: While he was drunk and then he drowned and then Martin saw it and then he started abusing me. So I got out of there. Yeah. because so, And
2: Anita, when she left that island, she never came back. She yeah. left at eighteen but also took Harriet with her, which no one else knew.
1: Yeah. So then Anita died I think she said
2: Her and her husband Died in a car accident 20 years before the movie
1: Yeah And then So she just kind of Lived her life
2: She kept on living As Anita
1: As Anita And then They found her And then she goes back And says hi to the old man, her uncle, and then there's a hug it out scene.
2: Who's the one who hired him in the first place because Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to die with this one unresolved thing.
1: And then finds out that she was actually the one sending him the flowers the whole time. Yeah,
2: wasn't trying to send him mad. (laughs) Just was like trying to (laughs) help him in a weird way. Hi, I'm still alive. And then he gets the evidence and finds out that it's useless.
0: By the way, really glad he doesn't keel over from a heart attack once he learns all this information. Because like, wow. Yeah.
1: I know. I By you the way, think it some, would kill him.
0: I like also that like they, they framed this whole thing where it's like some members of this railroad family were Nazis. Yeah. And it was uh-huh. kind of a red herring the whole time mm-hmm. saying like, yeah, there's, there are people who believe some fucked up things. But then it ends up being like kind of the most you know banal, normal, well-adjusted people who were in fact like serial killers, rapists. Yeah. yeah. The worst. Well,
2: one branch of it was and his all of his victims were Jewish.
0: Oh, shit. That's right.
2: That's why they all have biblical names.
0: That's right, except yep. Harriet. Except
1: Harriet. That's Who's why. Alive?
2: That's why it never fit.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. I feel like we've just, we've pretty much just did a cliffs notes of the movie instead it, of like really talking about it.
2: And that's that's when Elizabeth. Well, does there's her a lot of detail. Super, she does her superhero thing of going under disguise. Right. Oh, stealing oh all God. this money from all the Shit. different banks, okay, and right. getting him assassinated by the gang people that he was working with. And mm-hmm.
0: There's two major, major, major plot twists at the very, very end of the film. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Um,
2: you should have already watched this.
0: Yeah, Wennerstrom uh, ends up... So, I mean...
2: 95% the, of okay. his dealings were in the arms trade illegally.
0: Right. And Lisbeth figures that out because she installed a remote... Like monitor on his internet activity, mm-hmm. um, Stole and she. Passwords. So and th- the way that she executes this scheme is like so. It's really good. Um, she cu- she approaches um, Blomkvist and mm-hmm. says, "I need fifty thousand krona. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an investment that might pay off if you help me out. I will give you the money back." She, and he's and he's. He honestly, he's like, I trust you. Like, yeah. everything that's happened up until now. The has-
2: only thing he says is, I don't think I have that much. And she goes, well, you have 65,000
1: yeah. between your two you, accounts. Yeah. I'm
0: sorry I'm for sorry knowing. I
1: <laughs>
0: Again, a Resnorian hero. And, and also, she, she's adjusted... Because, I mean, she says, I'm sorry for knowing that. Yeah. And, again, it's sort of indicating that she's getting that there's social rules. Because, yeah. I mean, she didn't give a fuck about in, uh, violating his privacy at the beginning of the film. Uh, it was just a job. Yeah. But now she's like, wait, oh, man, people have feelings and matter. And uh, his
2: response is, okay. Yeah.
0: He's like, well, if I have it, then take yeah. it. Yeah, trust and you.
2: she's like, it, it's going to come through. Like, I just need the money.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she, like, puts on a disguise, pulls off the sweet hack. Blah 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 blah. Goes all these
0: nice. So I think what she ends up doing is uh, she steals, and... like, with all of the the passwords and information she got from Wenderstrom, steals all of his ill-gotten gains, puts yeah. it into bonds. Hi- yeah, hides it in, in accounts and and yeah, bonds. Yeah, and that's how she makes it
2: untraceable. She puts it into bonds and then goes to ep- other banks and cashes those in and puts them into untraceable accounts. Yeah.
0: And then when Winterstrom is broke and can't pl- pay his debts to the international crime syndicates. Uh, which he was in bed with, he ends up getting fucking killed. Yeah. Uh, I, like, <laughs> I, like,
2: I like how... Straight up assassinated. I institute. like how, yeah.
0: And it's like, she must have known that that's what's going to happen. And I like how that's sort of like her idea of uh, of getting, not just getting revenge on Wennerstrom, who's a douchebag, but also sort of like show... Because, yes, you said in the, in the book, um, they never develop feelings for each other, the two protagonists. But um, it's really clear, though, that Lisbeth is like, in the film just like obsessed and in love with daniel craig yeah i can't remember
1: if the end i'm actually gonna look it up because i can't remember if in the end she does buy him i think she does give him a gift sees that he is with what's her face and then with his mistress and then moves on because she's married right the woman
2: yeah they both had a marriage him him and his boss oh that's right his marriage fell apart but hers didn't
1: yeah So let's see. Which
2: which denotes that either the husband was okay with her sleeping on the side or that she she never found out. But it seemed to be very public.
1: Yeah. So it just says... He and Salander spend Christmas together in his holiday retreat. A couple of days later, she goes back to his home intending to declare love for him, but he backs away when she sees him with his longtime lover and business partner. So she does partner. love him.
2: And, but this is also, like, in the book and the other movie, it's like, they had spent a lot of time together. Yeah. In this movie, she disappears for weeks yeah. to, to enact this plan.
0: But for her, though, that was all just, like, an elaborate yes, gesture to exactly. say, like, hey, I, I love you and want to make your life perfect, and yeah. so I killed but, this guy. But I think
2: that's very different from, like, spending time with a at a retreat with him, and then saying that he she loves him, and him going with someone else, to her disappearing utterly, and yeah. just kind of falling back into something with his mistress, and yeah. he doesn't know where she is, and then she comes back out of the blue and sees that he's picked up an old romance. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, a couple weeks versus a couple days. Both shitty, but you can understand, like, the time difference there. Right. Because yeah. that's, that's
0: something I've been, I've been grappling with since watching the movie two nights ago. Mm-hmm. Um, is um, it, Was Daniel Craig a douchebag by agreeing to sleep with Lisbeth when, when he knows that, like, you know, she doesn't do this often. This is, like, an important thing to her and it's going to mean a lot. And then I'm just going to turn my back on her and yeah. stay with my boss.
2: You can tell he's in a different place, though, because there's even the scene where he realizes who uh, Harriet actually is. Like, they're, they're having sex. Yeah. And his mind is not there.
1: Oh, yeah, that, that one scene. He's
2: like trying to talk, and she's like, shut up. She's I'm like, done.
1: hold on one second. Yeah. And then she finishes, and then he immediately jumps into talking about it. Yeah, and it. he
2: just has a far off look on his face the whole time. Like, so I, I don't think he's a douchebag per se, I just don't think his heart is in it the way hers is.
1: And maybe he just doesn't realize that her heart's in it. He doesn't
2: know that it means that much to her. I mean, he can kind of tell, but he doesn't know that it means that much.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess it just overall into the narrative, it fits into this idea that society uses Mm Lisbeth. Because, again, she she doesn't fit in. She's got all the autism. Uh, Well, not all the autism. She's got, like, a little bit. Um, And, like, you know, he is actually... Uh, Blomkvist is actually in a position of social power and he realizes that he's sort of like this adventure that he's had on the side is sort of like um, a socially excusable deviation from his otherwise like totally acceptable life. And also and then helped he's like, him Ooh. find
2: his place back where he was. And like, then, yeah, he he's fallen from that place this thing happens and then he comes back to it.
0: And he basically tries to restore a, a sense of normalcy to his life which is you know is publicly examined he's like a minor celebrity in Sweden and he's like yeah I'm just gonna kind of write off the girl with the dragon tattoo as if it never happened Mm -hmm. bye-bye so I don't know I've been kind of grappling with was he a dick or not Mm. but at the same time but at the same time Elizabeth is not perfect like she kills a guy to show another man that she cares about him
1: well she doesn't quite
2: kill him I mean I feel like her experience with Martin and the explosion kind of helped her formulate the plan to take out the Strom, Warner Strom. Because she's not the person who pulls the trigger. She just sets up the events to make it happen.
1: Like Charles Manson. (laughs) Wow.
0: Compared to Charles.
1: Yeah, I didn't didn't Um, know that was going to happen. Uh, oh, expect the unexpected here on Trent Talk. Uh, so right, this
0: is Trent Talk. Well, I mean <laughs> this is this is not <laughs> this is not Fincher Talk. This and, is Trent uh, Talk,
2: and it kind of makes sense too. I mean, he was a musician. Mm-hmm. Manson was so yeah,
1: yeah. So there you go. Um, oh, we've actually I talked see. about Charles Manson a lot because a he rec- a
0: recurring topic. Nice.
1: He had the door from the.
0: Well, I mean, first of all, Trent Reznor recorded the downward spiral in the house on Cielo Drive. Right. Where, where
1: the Bianca murders took yeah. place, right? LaBianca, and, and,
0: yeah. And he had the original door um that so the the door was still on the house, the one that was that had pig scrawled in blood upon it. Mm-hmm. And he liked having the door around and he like took it with him to New Orleans, which is where he had nothing studios where he recorded Fragile. Yeah. Holy shit, Claire. We're like we're like nine-ish nails historians. We Holy actually shit. we <laughs> I know I all know. this stupid <laughs> shit. <laughs> Nice. Nice. <laughs> anyway, so we've discussed Charles Manson from time to time because yeah, yeah, he's come yeah, up. Trent sort of went through like this period of like fascination with him. But yeah. now um, having sort of learned and grown a little bit, he's like, yeah, it's sort of fucked up that I care about Charles Manson because that's all Charles Manson wanted mm-hmm. was for everyone to sort of right. be fascinated and you know, be intrigued by this whole persona he created. Mm-hmm. which ultimately meant nothing and was just full of shit and uh, just an ego validation bit of nonsense. Claire, hey. is Charles Manson still alive? Yeah, let's I think get on, let's so. I get,
1: think he is.
0: He had like a cardiac episode. Uh, no, a gastrointestinal episode yeah. in San Quentin mm. um, and was maybe going to die, but didn't die.
1: Um,
0: This has been compared to Charles.
1: Do you want to know who auditioned to play the part of Mikael Blomkvist Blank- a lot of people Brad Pitt, George Clooney Viggo Mortensen and Johnny Depp
0: so does the world's sexiest men, just the world's world's man.
1: prettiest men the prettiest men in the world he's such a plain ass guy in the Swedish version and I liked it that yeah, way I like don't the don't get fact me that he's wrong. just normal. I love Daniel Craig I haven't seen a lot of his movies because I don't like a lot of his movies, he's very good to look at, does he
0: have movies
1: He's James fucking Bond. Um, yeah, he's got some good early stuff. I don't know. So casting for Elizabeth uh, Salander included... All
2: the people that you would think.
1: Right. Natalie Portman, Ellen Page, Kristen Stewart, Jennifer Lawrence, Keira Knightley, Anne Hathaway, Olivia Thurbley, I don't know, Thurlby, Scarlett Johansson, and Emma Watson. Emma That's Watson. pretty much...
0: That's So they're casting call was pretty much we need a skinny dark girl we
1: need a pretty dark no well skinny pale with dark hair we need a a thin weirdo i don't know was jennifer lawrence the thing also Kristen stewart i think could have done it but i think
2: he chose david fincher said he didn't want her to do it at the end of the day because she was just too pretty and he wanted her to feel more like someone
0: yeah, we can we can have a convo about this. Um, what do you think of Elizabeth Solander's hair?
2: I mean, in in the original movie, it was red.
1: Oh was, was a, it? it wasn't
2: black.
0: I, I'm just talking There's about the very red. the very sad bangs that are happening all well, the a, whole time. It's
1: not bangs; it's a mohawk.
0: Right. So we see her with her full fledged mohawk only one time in the film. Yeah. And then after that, she just has very sad bangs for the rest of the movie, mean, and, and no eyebrows.
1: Well they're bleached because she dyes her hair black. So they bleach her eyebrows. No, her hair Yeah, her hair is black in the original. Here's the original actress.
0: Oh dang. Looks like the Swedish actress. Yeah.
1: She's from is a uh, uh, So newer she's in a bunch of alien stuff. movie. Actually I has like eyebrows. Her though. a lot. Well yeah. So I think what they were trying to do, they went with Rooney Mara's Elizabeth to have like her eyebrows are like blonde, like white blonde to show that she dyes her hair black. Intentionally it's a thing. it's a look. Um, and it also think, it also makes her look like a pale Swede.
0: I think also uh, in American cinema, the movie works better if you characterize the antihero woman as tragic. Yeah. instead of being like totally in control and cool and like doing what she wants to do, she's pretty much tragic because she, she suffers all these things, all these injuries at the beginning of the film then comes in, into control, confronts this Nazi, ultimately doesn't get to kill him. Yeah. Uh, and then confesses her, tries to confess her love for Blomkvist, doesn't get to because he is involved with his boss still. Um. And yeah, she ends up sort of going back into her previous existence as a social outcast and a uh, possessor of weird haircut.
2: So I figured out why, uh, why, where I got the red from. In the book, the uh, main character, Lisbeth, is a natural redhead. Not, oh, yeah. not blonde, not bleached, like blonde hair. Mm-hmm. She's a redhead that dyes her hair black. Hmm. So that's where I got
1: that from. So the original Lisbeth is played by Noomi Rapace. Yeah, she's great. She's fucking great. I like her so much. She's in Prometheus. That's it. She's like the main female in Prometheus. And she has cheekbones for days. And I love her. Anything else about the Dragon Tattoo?
0: You mean the film? Yeah. Uh, The thing
1: that we're talking about.
2: Why aren't there sequels? Let's talk about that. It's
0: been five (sighs) years. Where
1: are the sequels? I haven't watched the Swedish sequels yet. I haven't either.
2: Because I was kind of... I don't know, I wanted to see these. And it
1: seems
0: like if you have a mystery action film and you get nominated for any Oscars, like,
2: have a sequel. Hello? Right. I mean, uh, Craig got busy with James Bond movies. Yeah. What has Fincher been
1: busy with? He did Gone Girl, Uh. which is another fucking thing we have to talk about because Trent Reznor did the fucking soundtrack.
2: Well, him and Fincher are like best buds. I
1: know. Which is funny because the whole thing about the whole, like, Fight Club, the musical rumor came out way before any of these movies. It's like those doofuses predicted a long-lasting friendship. Oh,
2: he's rumored to do World War Z, too.
1: Right. (gasps) Oh, is it going to be something that has even less to do with the fucking book? Yeah, probably. God. The book is so good. Did you read that? Yeah. Did you read that? fantastic. World War Z. The book is so good. And the the Audible. The movie could have been so good. It could have been so fucking interesting. And instead, it's just Brad Pitt running around with some fucking zombies who can scale walls. It's 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 so goddamn goddamn stupid.
2: And the the Audible version's amazing because all the different short stories are voiced by different (sighs) actors. So it's just like this chronicle of all these different voice recordings of people. It's really good. Man. It's so weird. Oh, he he did a uh, video shirt with Justin Timberlake and Jay Z. That's what David Fincher's been up to. Okay, oh, that's the first thing he did after *Girl with a Dragon Tattoo*. Then *House of Cards* episodes. Then *Gone Girl*. Now he's rumored to be working on *World War Z*, and he's doing episodes of a TV show called *Mind Hunter*.
1: Oh. That I don't know. So what not. That is. It's Claire, just. It's uh, like. Yeah.
0: Would you like to put on Is Your Love Strong Enough, performed by How to Destroy Angels?
1: Are we done with the soundtrack? We're like halfway through the soundtrack.
0: Well, I mean, this is like a three-hour version. I know. It's too,
1: version. it's too yeah. long. It's too long. Do we have anything? any other notes about the movie, Jordan?
2: Um, not really. I mean, there's like trivia stuff here and there, but I just...
1: Oh, yeah, I like trivia. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's
2: so many spinning plates in this film that I think it's it speaks a lot to the source material of how well... Like just how well made that book was, that we were Mm -hmm. able to get that translated onto the big screen, not only in Sweden and have a trilogy of movies that are very well regarded there, Mm -hmm. but to also have this movie here and it still holds up. Um, I think they shouldn't go back. I mean, even you guys were talking about the the accents earlier, Swedish uh, critics hated that people were doing accents. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, they said they said that Lisbeth was, like, Dutch and Russian. Yeah. Never. It was. Yeah, it never it came really through as as Swedish. And that just having everyone else who was Swedish doing their accents and then Daniel Craig never doing one, which he was just like, I didn't feel like doing it, so screw that. Yeah. Uh, just made the film seem disingenuous. And
1: I thought it was weird that she did one. Like, her accent, to me, sounded fine. Mm-hmm. But not
0: enough kind of lingers, in my opinion.
1: But also, I don't spend any time in Sweden, you know. Yeah. So I, my opinion is, you know, whatever.
0: I I don't know. I I don't know what a Swedish accent sounds like, really. Exactly. We did, oh, we did, yeah, we just that accurate. We have that. um, it's not. I think it's more of like China. a manner of speaking, um, uh, and that's a little bit more idiosyncratic and personal. You know, it's like it's very clipped. You know, what do you mean? Um, You know, she... she, I don't know. Like, the girl with the dragon tattoo, um, the way she speaks is just sort of like she's she's dragged into, like, every conversation. She doesn't really like to relate to people. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, she just sort of, like, everything she says is very brief and to the point kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess that could be said. I mean... That's also her character and her personality. She's
0: very terse. And even when she's, like, at her most, like, emotional and flirtatious is, like, when she's talking to Daniel Craig and she says, you did a very good job on this investigation.
1: Yeah. And that's it. I mean, I think one of the things that I did like about this film is that they still maintain some of the Swedish sense of humor, which I feel like in a lot of ways probably didn't. It probably went over many heads. Yeah. Um... But I appreciated that very much.
2: At the end of the day, it still felt like a Swedish movie because they did film in Stockholm. Yeah, and it was and like, Härsted. It's funny that the film came out on December twentieth, which is the exact day that the film starts. Like when is the, is that
0: when like the Christmas goblin comes and steals all the spoons yeah. from your house?
2: And it was like it was like the <laughs> coldest winter in Swedish history, and like so when they're out stumbling in the snow, like that's legit. And and uh, it's so funny because. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård like he lives in Sweden so he loved making this movie because he just went home every day yeah and uh it's also really interesting like we talked about that intro sequence where immigrant songs plays Mm -hmm. and Tim Miller was assigned to like design those that sequence and he was told like this is her nightmare so you need to figure it out he came up with 50 ideas Ended up choosing like half of that and was only given eight weeks to make that sequence. Yeah. Before the film came out, it was like one of the last things to be done before the film was That's released. That's nice. It's really interesting.
1: Um. Oh shit! What I was I going to say? Oh yeah, I love. I do. I do love that in every American representation of Sweden, they're like, "Get a Skarsgård. We need a Skarsgård." Yeah. I mean, there's enough Sklopsgard. of them. There's the, so many they of would, them. They would
2: fit a role. What's up with
0: this? Okay, like, it's starting to trouble me that there's so many, like, filmic dynasties. I mean, the Baldwins, the Quades, the Skarsgårds, and, and now we have uh, the Hemsworths.
2: But but if you have a film set in Sweden and you got a Swedish family, we yeah. might as well use at least one of them. Uh uh, to make it a little nerdy, the, uh, the building where, like, the security office is where she's doing her, like, little investigation, that's actually Dice, which is a company in Sweden. They make, they make the Battlefield video games. Um, and then, what was the last thing I was going to say?
1: <laughs> I lost it. Shia, it's, what the it's fuck it's are gone. you Googling right now? I'm
0: just, I'm just looking up. Icelandic Christmas oh, spirits.
1: It, it so, would be Icelandic. So
2: the guy who played the original Blomkist, uh Michael uh, Mikhail Nyquist, his daughter is the waitress in the scene where they're eating at the diner. Not because they wanted her to be. They were filming there and she just happened to work there. <laughs> so David Fincher like wrote her a few lines to say so that way she could be in the movie.
1: Aww. But they
2: just got there and they're like, oh wait. You're the
1: daughter of the actor of the first movie. <laughs> Holy crap.
2: <laughs> like that's, that's a really funny, like, random thing that happened. That's really great. Yeah.
1: That's really great.
2: That's what I was trying to think of.
1: Um, so what are you, what the fuck <laughs> are you looking at? Belsnickel. Belsnickel.
0: Belsnickel.
1: Yeah, from The Office.
0: Um, Belsnickel <laughs> is like a dark Santa Claus. Um,
1: <laughs> Belsnickel. He's like a,
0: a shape-shifting, evil... Dude, but I was looking up Gryla, who boils children and eats them alive. Um, oh, good! She's Why? an evil ogre from Iceland, compared to Bjork, who, <laughs> sna- who snatches up naughty children and drags them back to her cave to be devoured. But she can only va- devour the truly wicked kids. So kids who repent are set free. Jeez. Anyway, it was like a cracked article I read a long time ago because there's like there's thirteen spirits that visit Iceland in Christmas time. They're called the Yule Lads. And they—they're basically like—they're nice. basically like agrarian era um, imps who do mischief oh, that good. would only really bother a farmer. Because um, there's the sheep coat clod. He tries to suckle ewes in the farmers' sheep sheds. Wonderful. So he tries to steal sheep milk. Yeah. There's another dude who steals foam from the buckets of cow's milk.
1: You know, here's the deal.
0: There's Stubby, who is short and kay. steals food from frying pan.
1: Awesome. Um, you know how when people are like, I hate the way this word sounds, and they get all uppity about moist? Belschnickel? I don't like the way suckle sounds. Oh,
0: suckle is yeah, not an okay word. Nice.
1: And I'm the person who's just like, it's just a word. Get over it. But then you say suckle, and moist like- Moist is foul. Every hair on my body just stands up. But in a way where it's just like, I'm standing at attention because I'm going to walk the fuck off your body because that word is so repulsive. Don't say it again. I see you. I wasn't gonna. I see you.
0: I was going to talk about door sniffer.
1: Oh, stop he's, one it. Of, he's
0: one of the Yule lads who has a huge <laughs> nose and insatiable appetite for stolen baked
1: goods Oh man, he and I have so much in common um, There's Meat Hook who snatches up any meat stop. cut
0: Especially smoked
1: lamb Oh my god, I'm closing <laughs> your internet
0: I'm just very entertained that there's so many Yule lads <laughs> And that they seem to have run out of ideas after the very first one um, Anyhow,
1: how do you get guys feel the... about this soundtrack? It's fine.
0: The Immigrant song is the tits.
1: Well, yeah, obviously the first and last songs are the best. Um, The actual soundtrack itself is pretty forgettable. I mean, like, I don't know. There's no scene where the music stands out except for when they're both discovering the thing. But even then, I don't remember what that sounds like.
0: Oh, right. We need to have this conversation, guys. Is it ever okay to hit a Nazi with a golf club? Oh, Jesus.
2: He's not a... Nazi? Is he? Martin is not a Nazi. His uncles are. Yeah. Because they were in the Nazi regime. One of them was a photographer who took pictures of people in the Nazi party. And the other one is just a full-blown believer. But the sons weren't really raised for it. It was kind of like a dark family secret that they all knew but no one really talked about. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I guess
0: that does kind of like set the stage. It's like if the family is sort of willing to sweep nazism under the rug yeah um it's totally plausible that there could be a serial killer in their midst and no one would say shit
2: i mean the only th- the only way it comes through in godfried and martin is that it sets up their ideology for who they pick as victims as serial killers because all uh, of the victims are jewish and their yep, names yep. come from the bible so um shit there was one
1: <sighs> but to answer your question i wouldn't say golf club but it's definitely always okay to punch a nazi
0: um, right, I do also like sort of the nuance this movie has in the approach to serial killers. Oliver, no! Oliver,
1: no. Cat's trying to trifle. No, there's nothing on the table for you. There's nothing for you.
0: So so um, we learn throughout the course of the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo that um, Martin's father, I don't know, fucking Olaf? What's the dude's name? Gottfried. Okay. <laughs>
1: Oh, so Godfrey!
0: Josh Gad. Okay.
1: Fucking Olaf! I don't know.
0: Um, I'm Josh offended. Gad. So um, I <laughs> forgot the second guy's name now.
1: Martin. Martin.
0: Martin's father, Martin? Godfrey, is sort of the originator of the whole serial killer, um, like this whole idea in the family where he abducts women, abuses them. But for for Gottfried, it's, like, a very rudimentary, basic thing. Like, he yeah. basically drags them to a cave, beats them up, well, rates them, I mean, throws them into the ocean. Well, I
2: mean, he ends up, like, I think his father kind of helped him into it. You know, like, Gottfried yeah. told Martin about it. And then Martin, and, like, perfected it. Yeah, I think he perfected it because, you know, he's got that whole kill room and everything. But I think the idea of women being of Jewish descent and having it match stuff from the Bible, like, that is straight on from Gottfried. I think Gottfried yeah. was influenced by his Nazi Nazi-ish relatives stuff for to pick that, but honestly though, like I, there's there's like a through line all the <laughs> way down.
0: I think for Mike uh, Martin, Martin. Martin, the whole th- the whole practice of of murdering women for sport becomes less ideological for him because um, oh yeah, it's just it's just a pattern he has, and that's the thing is like he he uses his attention to detail mm-hmm. um, to sort of like refine this whole practice because he, he's getting a very specific gratification yeah. out of it and ultimately it doesn't matter as much he talks about killing like a random immigrant gypsy or something yeah. so i think ultimately it's it's it becomes just an obsession for i him. mean
2: i mean we we also see it in when him and Mikhail are talking because he's like this is the part that i enjoy is the talking beforehand like mm-hmm. the rest of it is just a part of it because that's and then he's, what like, I do. then he's
0: like, gross, you have a wiener.
2: Yeah. And, and I, it's also shown in just like the choices <laughs> the choices made about like like th- there's a camera that he records everything on. And that is an old camera. That is yeah. stock tape. That is, you know, it shows like he's been doing this for a very long time. He's got a room set up to where he can press a button and gas Comes from the ceiling. Oh, right. And he's oh, got I forgot about He's got that like part. a mask so he doesn't pass out. Mm-hmm. And he hooks Mikhail up by the door where he fell down to this harness and then presses a button and it drags him all the way to the center of the room. Like, he's had years to perfect this thing. Yeah. But, it, like, his core mantra and like who he picks as victims definitely came from his father and is rooted through you know believing that one race is better than the other from his nazi ancestors like it's it it, there's a through line for all of it
0: yeah i ultimately though i I don't know i I do think it's an interesting historical allegory because like you do have like the ideological fascist nazis who are Mm -hmm. like we must kill the jews because jews are bad period Mm -hmm. and it's like they have this like intense dogmatic hatred of certain people for no reason Mm -hmm. um but then you have people like Martin who are just like, all right, so let's just take it for granted that these people need to die. He, sees, he what is still the sees most, them as disgusting, though. What is like the most efficient way to make them die yep. and not put myself at risk at all? Offer them drinks. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, also, like, yeah, he comes into the room, and as soon as they take one step into the room presses a button to knock them out mm-hmm. and then presses another button to restrain them mm-hmm. to a place where and they then has escape. a
2: conversation and that's where he gets his jollies
0: dude for real like that's the thing is like I don't think it's ideological for Martin he doesn't care he's well, just he's just trying to find the most efficient way to to rape and murder
2: yeah but it's also a part of who he is because that was kind of instilled to him at such a young age from his father and but that's seeing, again it's seeing like, his father murdered he kind of feels the need to take up that mantle
0: he inherits it as a duty but not maybe so much a belief. That's it's why like that's why I
2: say he's not a Nazi. That's why when okay. you said is it okay to hit a golf club?" hit him with the golf club, I was like, Well, I don't think he's a Nazi.
0: Okay. For the record, I was doing that facetiously and okay. should always hit Nazis <laughs> with any blunt object available.
1: I say don't go to prison. Yeah, I was definitely like, punch them in our life. Okay, okay. okay, go to jail? okay. Hey, oh, guys, we have we
0: haven't listened to the last song so on the
1: We haven't because soundtrack. we've been talking about the soundtrack. And I've been waiting for us to decide that we're done talking about it.
0: I think we've probably hit that point.
1: Okay, should we outro and yeah. then I'll play it?
0: Uh, I mean, yeah. Um, okay.
1: Yeah. So find us on Facebook and Twitter because we're done, right? We're done. Right. Yeah. yeah we're, we're done. Co- we're done. We're done. We're done. This, we're done. this has been Null Two. Watch 0-2. the fucking movie. It's Null Two, and if you haven't seen it, well, spoiler alert: you should have known going into it that we. I mean, what's what else is there to fucking talk
2: about? Yeah, the movie's been out for. F- Six years.
1: Um, I like taking these kinds of albums and putting them in the background when I read, so yes. do that because it's really good for that. This is
2: definitely that type of album.
1: Um, and you can find this podcast on Facebook and Twitter at Trent Talk Pod. You can find us online at Benview.com slash trendtalkpod. There are other podcasts on Benview, like the one that Jordan Scott is in. Nerds I <laughs> and, nice. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Clarewolf, C L A R E E W L F. And if everybody follows me, that'd be great because I'm trying to get verified and I feel like I need more Twitter followers. But I've already submitted, so we'll see.
0: You can find me at Shyat Carey. that's C H E Y A C A R Y on Twitter.
2: I'm at TrueValk, which is just true and then V A L K.
1: Yep. I don't know what that means. It's short for Valkyrie. By okay. the way,
0: Trent Talk is also on Patreon. Oh we, yeah! We really tried to push this before <laughs> the holidays, but guess what? It's still happening. Um, donate as, donate to as little as a dollar a month to become a premium resnerd and receive all kinds of awesome benefits Fun and things, perks yeah. and prizes.
1: You can go to patreon.com slash trendtalkpod and find out more. And if you want to talk to us about stuff, you can do that. Trendtalkpod at gmail.com, whatever. Or find us on Twitter. We're Follow still here Twitter. and it's still fine.
0: recording. Don't believe We're the hype. The thing, We're yeah. alive.
1: We're here. We're queer put us in your ear um that was good i know and then <laughs> we do a lot of other shows and stuff so follow us and find out about that uh, february
0: 11th we'll be hosting a comedy show in los angeles
1: yeah Ooh. yeah we are at the theater of note in hollywood you may have heard about this on, I don't even PM. Know, which
0: is another great podcast on the calico podcast network but yes, find us at the Theater of Note on Kahenga and Sunset. It's
1: Kahenga.
0: On February eleventh, seven thirty p.m. I think it's tickets at the door, and yeah, we're it's just $5 in, we're inviting all and of our favorite.
1: Comics. It's storytelling and comedy, and it's going to be a really good time. It's my first live show that I've ever hosted, so let's do it. Anyway,
0: now let's listen to
1: "Is Your Love Strong Enough," which is a cover. I nailed it because I'm so smart. And here it is. Nice. I don't
0: uh, this does it does really stick out as maybe not Trent lyrics.
1: Yeah. I didn't like it when I first heard it. And everyone was like pooping their their own. It sounded
0: real clunky. It still does actually.
1: No, that's not even what I'm saying. I just don't like love songs. With someone I could live for. Yeah, Brian Ferry. Who's that? Look him up. Look it up. Who is it? It's with a Y.
0: He's a backstreet boy.
1: He's not a backstreet boy. I would know if he's a backstreet is boy. He is an
0: English singer and songwriter. He's a crooner. Like a is your love as strong as a rock in the sea?
1: I mean, the tides are pretty strong, so y- the rock has to be super but the, strong.
0: Is it the rock that is strong?
1: Is well, the rock has to be stronger than the tide. Do you understand?
2: Well, the tide will eventually erode the rock. Yeah.
1: Jeez. All right, here we go. This is where it gets interesting. Just one beat of your heart. I mean, kind of. Not really.
2: More interesting than it was. Right.
0: I do feel like this song does capture the aesthetic of Lisbeth, um, who buy. So this is another weird, very interesting. You better say it fast,
1: because it's about to get interesting.
0: Buying Blomqvist's jacket back from the pawn shop and trying to give it to him as a gift, and then realizing that he's in love with someone else and abandoning her mission. Yeah. And throwing it in the dumpster.
1: Yeah. That's what this song made you think of?
0: It's, uh, Cause I mean it's like It's so affectionate But distant And sad
1: Yeah Okay here I feel like that's why They chose it Is also where this song Gets good for real
0: do really like it when Trent is in a cover and is confined to doing, like, regular chord progressions with a guitar. (laughs) Oh, Trent, Trent.
1: I know. So are we done? Can we say it?
0: Nine Inch. Nailed Nailed
1: it. it.